0: When George Brenton McClellan became the commander of the Army of the Potomac, hopes were high for nearly everyone in the Union. With his experience in the Mexican War and his high standing from West Point, McClellan was chosen to give discipline and order to the Union soldiers. From the president to the soldiers themselves fighting in the war, McClellan demanded respect. And following a humiliating defeat led by General Irvin McDowell at the Battle of Bull Run, or Manassas, Lincoln decided he needed to bring in McClellan for some order and discipline. When he was selected, the General wrote to his wife Mary Ellen on July 27, 1861, saying this, I find myself in a new and strange position here, President, Cabinet, General Scott, and all deferring to me, By some strange operation of magic, I seem to have become the power of the land. I almost think that if I were to win some small success now, I could become dictator or anything else that might please me. Now, McClellan didn't use dictator in the way that most of us think. Dictator at the time was someone who was the ultimate commander in a time of war. At the same time, McClellan is showing his hubris at this time. Now, Lincoln is okay with this as long as General George McClellan will bring him victories. And that's where their relationship starts to fray. Lincoln has high hopes, despite the reservations of some in his cabinet, including Secretary of War Edwin Stanton. But Lincoln's high hopes are that McClellan will bring victories to the Union. With pressure mounting in Washington, the more McClellan delays, which he becomes famous for, the more Lincoln gets frustrated. It is on November 1st of 1861 that General George B. McClellan, at age 34, replaced the aging Winfield Scott as General-in-Chief of the Union Armies. McClellan now had complete control over the Union Army in the East. However, he did not have any victories to show for it. Ulysses S. Grant had achieved two victories in the West for the Union. Grant led the Union Army to victories at Fort Henry and Fort Donelson in Tennessee. McClellan was still looking for a trademark or signature victory in the East, and Lincoln began to get impatient as they moved into 1862. McClellan decided on March 31st, 1862 to base his operations for the Peninsular Campaign out of Fort Monroe. McClellan knew that from Fort Monroe, he could take a route to Richmond to defeat the Confederate Army. While President Lincoln is frustrated with McClellan's lack of activity in the East, the tone in the letters between the two is fairly civil at this point. Here's a letter from George McClellan to Abraham Lincoln on April seventh, 1862, in which McClellan complains about not having enough men to fight the Confederacy.
1: To the President, Washington. Your telegram of yesterday received. In reply, I have the honor to state that my entire force for duty only amounts to about 85,000 men. General Wool's command, as you will observe from the accompanying order, has been taken out of my control, although he has most cheerfully cooperated with me. The only use that can be made of his command is to protect my communications in rear of this point. At this time, only 53,000 men have joined me, but they are coming up rapidly, as my means of transportation will permit. Please refer to my dispatch to the Secretary of War tonight for details of our present situation. George B. McClellan, Major General,
0: Army of the Potomac. President Abraham Lincoln will respond to General McClellan two days later on April 9, 1862 with a lengthy letter in which he tells McClellan that he's pained by the dispatches complaining that McClellan feels he's not properly sustained. The president goes on to give both advice, uh, recommendations, and questions some of McClellan's reporting of troops and tactics in the war. Ethan Refuse, uh, a military historian and author of many Civil War books, wrote an essay about uh, McClellan's contracting of typhoid in the winter of 1861-1862, which he believes is how McClellan and Lincoln's relationship started to deteriorate. While it's only April 9th of 1862, you can start to see the frustration mounting in President Lincoln in this letter.
1: My dear sir, your dispatches complaining that you are not properly sustained, while they do not offend me, do pain me very much. Blackeners' division was withdrawn from you before you left here, and you knew the pressure under which I did it, and, as I thought, acquiesced in it, certainly not without reluctance. This
0: Lincoln is clear in expressing his disappointment with McClellan and his correspondence. However, he does not want McClellan to feel that the president is overstepping his bounds. He does go on to tell McClellan where he believes the men should be and where the reinforcements came from and why he took away some of the regiments he did. And then he delivers a very important line in this letter. By explicit orders that Washington should,
1: by the judgment of all commanders in the Army Corps, be left entirely secure, had been neglected.
0: But President Lincoln is just getting started on the general. I do
1: not forget that I was satisfied with your arrangement to leave Banks at Manassas Junction, but when that arrangement was broken up and nothing was substituted for it, of course I was not satisfied. I was constrained to substitute something for it myself. And now allow me to ask, do you really think I should permit the line from Richmond via Manassas Junction to the city to be entirely open, except what residents could be present by less than 20,000 unorganized troops? This question, which the country will not allow me to
0: evade. Lincoln tells McClellan that he was okay with an earlier decision to leave Banks at Manassas Junction, but is upset that he didn't replace them. Lincoln knows that he cannot leave Washington, D.C. unprotected. Yet somehow, according to the President, General McClellan seems to ignore this. McClellan seems to be asking for more troops, more supplies, all the time, and not taking action. The president is frustrated. He says to McClellan that he cannot evade the question of protecting Washington, D.C. And then the president goes on to question McClellan's math in terms of the number of troops he has to take action in the Peninsula campaign. Now with you. When I telegraphed
1: you on the 6th, saying you had a 100,000 with you, I had just obtained from the Secretary of War a statement, taken, as he said, from your returns, making a 108,000 then with you, and en route to you. You now say you have about 85,000, when all en route to you should have reached you, how can the discrepancy of 23,000 be accounted for? As General Wool's command, I understand it is doing for you precisely what a like number of your own would have to do, if that command was away. I suppose the whole force which has gone forward for you is with you by this time. I suppose the whole force which has gone forward for you is with you by this time, and if so, I think the precise time for you to strike a blow. By delay, the enemy will relatively gain upon you. That is, we'll gain faster by fortifications and reinforcement that you can by reinforcements alone.
0: At this point, President Lincoln is essentially saying, General McClellan, you have enough men. There's no more excuses. You can go into battle. However, he knows McClellan is somebody who is so cautious and it waits for so many perfect conditions that he has to convince him. The key phrase in this part of the letter is that Lincoln says, I think it is the precise time for you to strike a blow. This will become a common theme in the letters from Lincoln to McClellan throughout 1862 until he replaces him as Union General on November 7th. And once again, let me tell you, it is indispensable for you that you strike a blow. I am powerless to help this. Lincoln is clearly stating to McClellan that he must act. He even says to him, despite all the power he has as Commander-in-Chief, President of the United States, he is powerless to do anything. Even with his role in the government, McClellan is the only one who can do something about the Union gaining victories in the Civil War. You will do me the justice to remember I always
1: insisted that going down the bay in search of a field instead of fighting at or near Manassas was only shifting and not surmounting a difficulty. That we would find the same enemy and the same or equal entrenchments in either place the country will not fail to note. Is now noting that the present hesitation to move upon the entrenched enemy is but the story of Manassas repeated I beg to assure you that I have never written to you or spoken to you in greater kindness of feeling than I do now, nor with the fuller purpose to sustain you, so far as in my most anxious judgment. I consistently can, but you must act. Yours very truly, A. Lincoln.
0: Lincoln concludes his letter to the General by comparing the present situation to the situation at Manassas the year before. At this point, the Battle of Bull Run, or Manassas, was the uttermost failure of the Union Army. It had been publicized widely, and Lincoln was clearly embarrassed by what had happened. In fact, McClellan knows part of the reason he got his job with the Union Army is the failure of Manassas. So when Lincoln says, the present hesitation to move upon an entrenched enemy is but the story of Manassas repeated, he is putting pressure on the general. If that's not enough, after complimenting him by saying he has kindness of feeling and no fuller purpose to sustain you, Lincoln ends the letter with this key phrase, but you must act. No matter what feelings he can tell McClellan about how he likes him or how he wants him to be successful, he ends it with, it's time to move now. While Lincoln's tone will get more direct as the year goes on in 1862, April and the Peninsula Campaign is the beginning of the end for their relationship. Lincoln is trying to be direct, telling McClellan to act. The General is overcautious. It will only be a few months before McClellan can't hold off the people in Washington anymore and decides for himself that it's time to move on from the General.